regardless of what's going on in life, yeah. does do that. And it's time for our final speaker slash preacher on today. I'm excited that he was able to accept the invitation again this year to come back and uh, be here with us on this men's uh, conference. If I remember correctly, last year was I fallen and I need to get up. Amen. And that's still, that's a year, almost a year ago, I still remember it like it was, it was yesterday. So that lets you know that he is a very, very impactful man of God. And I promise you that after you hear him, you will not leave this place the same way that you came here. He's one of the most passionate preachers that I've ever met. And that's just a testament to what God is doing in his life and in his ministry. So I want to present to us our final speaker slash preacher on the day, Pastor Neil Winchester of the Believe Church uh, Corpus Christi. All right, man. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I've had an enjoyable morning thus far. I've enjoyed the blessing of the worship, uh, the speakers, uh, the game, icebreakers, and all that we've been doing. It has truly been a blessing. And uh, I want to also thank you guys for allowing my mother to crash the party as well. <laughs> I guess she figures I'm a one man. That's close enough. I'm going to go ahead and go. <laughs> My mother is probably my biggest fan, and uh, she, she used to be my, my loudest cheerleader, but somebody else came to the church and giving her a run for her money now, so <laughs> well, I'm so glad to be here. Well, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer before we begin. God, I thank you so much for your presence in this place. What you are doing in the midst of this group of men and women, God, is, is something, God, that we need. It is something, God, that sustains and keeps us and moves us forward and what you have for us and what you would have for us to do for the good of your people and glory of your name. So I just pray that I would simply be able to add to that today by decreasing as you increase in me. And you speak directly from your throne for our good and your glory. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I, I would venture to say that we have all here seen that commercial or one like it where all of a sudden this dirty, muddy, wet dog goes into a clean house, right? Yeah, yeah, right? And before the owner can get to that dog to get it out of the house, we all know what's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that dog is about to shake profusely and sling mud and dirt and filth all over right, right, that clean house. Right, We've all seen right. that commercial. Yes, and that right. usually is advertising maybe a cleaning or a dirt-resistant uh, product. Yeah. And the reason why that imagery is used is because of the tendency that we all have in society. Right. And that particular tendency is to keep what's clean from what's dirty. Okay? We as all a people, right. we as a, a society, we all have the tendency to try as much as possible. We go out of our way to keep what's clean from what's dirty. Whether we take our shoes off before we enter somebody's house or we put an apron on over our clothes or we buy a water filter for our water or we spray Scotch Guard over our furniture. Uh, I guess that's better than putting the plastic like we used to do, but still, you, you get the point. <laughs> we will go out of our way to keep what's clean 
from what is dirty, okay? And that is because we believe that the two do not mix. What is clean doesn't mix with what is dirty, and if they ever did mix, it wouldn't be the dirt that would get clean. It would be the clean that would get dirty. We know that, we understand that, but there is one exception to that. (laughs) There is one exception to that rule, and that is when it comes to the sin of man, and the word of God. Yeah. When it comes to the sin of man and the word of God, that is the one exception to that particular rule. My assignment for this morning is clean Bible, dirty heart. Right? Clean Bible, dirty heart. And the imagery that I get is that same wet, dirty, muddy dog going into a house and shaking all over the place. And just like we would try to avoid that, just like we would try to keep that or prevent that from happening, I believe there are those who will do the same even with the house of God. They will avoid the house of God because of the dirtiness of their own heart. It's like the old saying, we we try to invite people out to church and they will tell us, no, you don't want me going to your church. <laughs> if I go to your church, then the, the roof will cave in. So, no, you don't want me there. And what they're saying is, no, I want to keep the clean from what's dirty. And I am way too dirty to enter the clean house of God. And so we see this in our, in our uh, dealing with people on the streets and all, but we even see it within the church as well. We try to keep what's clean from what is dirty. There are those who, yeah, they may go to church, but they will find a church that will preach anything and everything but the word of God. Okay? And it is for the exact same reason. Because if there is one thing that the word of God does, it is this. The word of God will reveal. Right. Okay? The word of God will reveal. The psalmist right. says, right. uh, your word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. It shows me where I am, and it reveals to me where I am going. The Word of God says it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce even the dividing of the soul from the spirit, joint and marrow, and it is the discerner of the heart. Because if there is one thing the Word of God will do is that it will reveal. And the cleaner the Word the dirtier will appear to be. The cleaner the word of God is, and the cleaner the word of God is revealed to yeah. us, the dirtier we will appear yeah. to be. We see this in the, in, even in the beginning with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve, when they were created, they had no problem walking with God in the cool of the day. All right. All right. But when they became just as dirty as the dirt they were made from, <laughs> the Bible says they then hid from the presence of God. Yeah. Why? Because the clean word of God will reveal how dirty you truly are. We see this with Isaiah. (laughs) Isaiah said, I saw, I looked up, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. And I said, woe is me. For I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips and from a people of unclean lips. Why? Because the cleaner God is, the dirty we will appear to be. Amen. When Jesus told Peter to go out and try again, fish again, and he caught so many fish that the boat began to sink, he fell at Jesus' feet and said, depart from me, for I am a sinner. I'm a sinful man. 
Even when that centurion needed a, a miracle, needed something from Jesus, he said, I just need you to send forth a word. Don't bring your clean self under my dirty roof. <laughs> Why? Because we all have the tendency of keeping what's clean from what's dirty. <laughs> we can go on and on and on and on about the men and women of the Bible that did this because it is our human nature to do that. It is our human nature to keep what's clean from what is dirty. And that's why even when we fall into sin ourselves today, the last thing we want to do is pray. <laughs> we fall into sin today, the last thing we want to do is go to the house of God. Why? Because our dirtiness, our filthiness is now revealed. So we avoid it. Just like we try to avoid that dirty, wet dog from coming in the clean house, we avoid the house of God. We avoid the presence of God. Why, people who are not found in Christ, they may think they want to go to heaven, but they really don't want to go to heaven. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be able to handle heaven because all you have is the glory of God everywhere. And their shame and their guilt and the nakedness of the wickedness of who they are will always be on display. They think they want to go to heaven, but they don't really want to go to heaven. <laughs> because we want to keep what's clean. <laughs> From what's dirty. Yeah, yeah. And so we yeah. repel from God when we're dirty because we believe God is repulsed by us. Yeah. We believe God doesn't want anything to do with us because he is so clean. We use another word. We said because he is so holy, he wouldn't want anything to do with a dirty, wretched sinner as I. All right, so it causes us to stay away. Yeah. Right. But this is the question that we have for you this morning. If all of that is true, if all of that is the case, why then... Would God give a clean Bible to a dirty heart? <laughs> My assignment is clean Bible, dirty heart. That's the question. Why in the world would God give such a clean, pristine, holy Bible to ones or those who have dirty hearts? Well, it is not to dirty the Bible, that's for sure. <laughs> so it must be the opposite. It must be in order to clean. The heart. <laughs> well, how exactly does that work? If you have your Bibles, go with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 will be our text for this morning. James chapter 1, toward the back of your Bible, starting in verse 23. Familiar text to you, but we'll read it so we're all on the same page together. James chapter 1 says this, verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer of the word... And not a doer. Okay. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Yeah. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Right. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one, the Bible says, will be blessed in what he does. God's word is compared to a lot of things. God's word is compared to light as the lamp. God's word is compared to a sword. God's word is compared to seed. But today I want to expand on God's word being compared to being that of a mirror. And as Pastor Toy mentioned, I want to title this one, Man in the Mirror, okay? Man, man in the Mirror. And we all 
know what a mirror is. We all know what a mirror does. Yeah. Okay? We have mirrors in our homes, mirrors in our cars, mirrors in our bathrooms and restrooms, mirrors all over the place. We can even now use our iPhone or cell phone as a mirror. <laughs> because what a mirror does, simply put, it just reveals an image. That's what a mirror is. That's what a mirror does. It reveals an image. Okay? And if you don't have a mirror on you, you can go to your camera and your camera on your phone will do the exact same thing. It will reveal an image. And so we'll use mirrors because it reflects the image of what is. A mirror will never lie to you. Come on. A mirror will never deceive you. What you are is what it will reveal. Okay? That is what a mirror does. And so... What a mirror does not do, however, is a mirror does not change you. The mirror will not, I don't care how long you look at yourself in the mirror, (laughs) you can can brush yourself up against the mirror, doesn't matter what you do, that mirror will never, ever, ever change you. All that mirror can do is reveal to you who or what you truly are. And so what we do then is, we look at mirror ourselves in the mirrors and we use our phone as a mirror. And so now we have the technology where we've come up even with magic mirrors. Okay? All right. We now have magic mirrors. You don't know what a magic mirror is? I can take my phone. I can take a picture of myself. But then I can manipulate that picture however I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can put a filter on that picture. Yeah. I can airbrush that picture. I can remove blemishes on that picture. They have uh, certain apps where you can take off love handles and you can put on apps. Y'all see that? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff you can do now on your phone with the picture. In other words, you can take the reality and you can change it. You can tweak it, and you can even try and send that out to somebody, right? I believe they call that catfishing now, right? (laughs) I've been married. I've been married 23 years now. I don't know how in the world y'all are dating now, whoever is dating now. I mean, I I hope to God that God takes me before he takes my wife, so I will never have to date again. Because out of everything you've got to worry about now, you also got to worry about being catfished. Okay? <laughs> Somebody sending an image <laughs> that is not true. Okay, That is not the reality. You can put the filters. You can remove the blemish. You can add the abs and take off the love and, and do all that. But it doesn't change the reality. That doesn't change who you truly or really are. But guess what? We will do the same thing with religion. Come on. Come on. We will do the same thing. With, we will look for magic mirrors in religion. Mirrors that will show us what we want to see so we don't have to change what we really see. Let me go somewhere where they'll filter it for me. Let me go somewhere where they'll hide my blemish. Let me go somewhere where I don't have to deal with the reality of who I am. I don't want to look in the mirror because I don't want to be reminded of the filth and the dirt that I see. So we look in for magic mirrors. Now again, the question is this. Why then in the world would God Give a mirror, the word of God, that reveals us, but cannot change us. All right, Tom. Amen. Why would he do that? Why would God give us a clean Bible for a dirty heart? Why would he give us a mirror that will reveal the filth and dirt of us, but 
to change us? Well, there are many sides to the word of God. But I want to just give you two as I draw to a close. Many sides to the word of God, but there are two that I want to reveal to you today. Two sides to the word of God. One of the sides of God's word is called the letter of the law. Okay? The letter of the law. And the Bible says it's the letter that kills. It is the letter that convicts because the letter condemns. That is all the letter of the law can do. The letter of the law is there to simply let you know that you are guilty. I was driving uh, up here from from Corpus. I went past two policemen on the road waiting for people. (laughs) Waiting for people to break the law. And so I quickly looked down at my speedometer (laughs) to make sure I wasn't breaking the law. Because the letter of the law is the speed limit sign. It says 70. That sign cannot change the way you drive. It won't take your foot off the accelerator. It won't do anything but let you know that you are guilty. (laughs) That is what the letter of the law does. It cannot change you. It cannot adjust you. All it can do is let you know when you are guilty. The Bible says that is what the letter of the law does. The clean Bible lets us know that we have a dirty heart. As a matter of fact, Paul said this. He said, I wouldn't have known covetousness if the word didn't say, thou shalt not covet. But when the letter of the law, when the word of God said, thou shalt not covet, sin was evoked in me. Sin was evoked in me. Why? Because coveting was what I was doing. Coveting is what I wanted. And so when the letter of the law came to me, it showed me how guilty and how simple I truly am. Without the letter of the law, I would have known my guilt. I would have known my shame. I would have known how dirty and filthy I truly was. And so God, first and foremost, gives us the letter of the law, not to make us righteous, but to show us we are not righteous. He gives us the letter of the law, not to make us clean, but to show us we're not clean. In other words, the letter is what reveals to us who and what we truly are. Not only will this particular mirror that God has given us show us who we are on the surface, it will even go in the nooks and the crannies of your heart. It will go in the corners of your heart. That's why when Jesus came and said, you think you're special because you haven't killed anybody. But I'll tell you this, if there is hate in your heart, (laughs) you have murdered. (laughs) You think you're something special because you've never committed adultery. I'll tell you this, if you look at a woman to lust after her, then you are revealed that you are truly dirty. God's mirror has a way of revealing to us who we truly are so that we may be able to do something about it. So there is one side to the word of God and that is the letter of the law but then there's another side the Bible says is the spirit of the law. So you have the letter of the law then you have the spirit of the law. And while the letter of the law brings death and kills it is the spirit the Bible says that brings about life. Come on now. While the letter, in other words, while the letter reveals, the spirit distills. Okay? Amen. Let me say it again. While the letter (laughs) reveals, the spirit distills. The spirit cleans. The spirit purifies the dirt that has just been revealed to you. And so it's the two 
accomplishes the purposes and the goals for, uh, for us that he has for us. He first wants to reveal to you how dirty and filthy you truly are yeah. wow. so right. that he may distill all of that dirt and filth oh, away from yeah. you. Yeah. They on, work right. together. They Thank work you. hand in hand. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. How did you get saved? If you are saved in here, how did you get saved? It was because your sinfulness was revealed to you. <laughs> it is because the lifestyle you had, the choices you made, the way you were living your life, the things that you were doing, it was revealed to you and you said, woe is me, a sinful man or woman. What can I do about this? And it brought you to Jesus Christ. It brought you by the Spirit of God that cleansed you from your unrighteousness and gave you life forevermore. The letter of the law and the spirit of the law work hand in hand to bring you back to Christ if you allow it to. All right, amen. As a matter of fact, Ezekiel prophesied this concerning his people, Israel, in Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, verse 24 says this. God is speaking to his people and he says, For I will take you from among the nations and gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. Watch this, verse 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take that heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. All right, that is a Amen. prophecy that God had declared that he was going to do with his people Israel. Yeah, you may have a dirty heart now, but let me get a hold of you. Now you have a a dirty heart now, but wait until I'm done with you, God. I'm going to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. I'm going to put a new heart in you. I'm going to put my own spirit in you, and I'm going to create in you the creature and the being I intended and purpose you to be from the beginning. That is the heart of God. God has always had a heart for his people and not just Israel. What he has done with Israel, All right. he wants to do with you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. What he has done with oh, Israel, man. what he will do again with Israel, he wants to do with you and I as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the book of uh, Genesis 5, the genealogy of man is given. The genealogy of man is given here, and it tells us in Genesis 5 that Mankind, man was created in God's own image. In God's likeness, God created humanity. He created man. That meant that if Adam and Eve at the time before they sinned were to look at themselves in the mirror, they would see the character of God. They would see the nature of God. They would see the heart of God. Why? Because God created man in God's image, in God's likeness. But in Genesis 5, it's interesting because after Adam and Eve sinned, after Adam and Eve fall, it says, then Adam bore children not in God's image. It says he bore children in his image. Come on now, Adam and Eve didn't bear children in God's image. Adam and Eve bore children in their image. All right. Their Amen. sinful, fallen, dirty yeah. image. Yeah. Yeah. And that Amen. same image has been passed down 
generation to you and I, and we will continue to pass it down to our children. We don't create our children in God's image. We create our children in Adam's image. That's why the Bible says, if you are in the like, as you were in the likeness of Adam, uh -huh. so you will be in the likeness of the last Adam. All right. The Bible is letting us know we are, have the image of dirty, sinful Adam. But there is a new image that God wants to give us. He wants to give us a brand new image of himself. How do we know this? Well, God's always had the, in his heart to redeem the heart of humanity. Romans 8, 29, it says this. For whom God foreknew, yeah. Yeah. he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. All yeah. right, come on. That he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Uh -huh. yeah. So contrary to popular opinion, contrary to what we say, Everybody is not in the image of God right now. I know we like to say that. I know we like to oh, tell people yeah. that. But everybody is not in. If you are in the image of God, why is God having to conform you to his image? Right. That's what the Bible says. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed back to his image. Yeah. That means right now, you may not be in his image. You uh -huh. were created for his image, uh -huh. but you may not be in his image right now. Why? Because you are in the image of the first Adam, the sinful, fallen, dirty image, the Lord image, and so therefore God says, I now need to conform you to get you back to the original image that I created humanity in the beginning. It is like that old story, I know y'all heard it before, but, but the silversmith, he takes the vessel, he puts it in the fire, he puts it in the water, he then takes his rag out and begins to rub it, and he looks at it. Then he puts it back in the fire, he puts it back in the water, he takes his rag out, he rubs it, and he looks at it, and he keeps doing this over and over again, and his apprentice finally says, Master, what are you doing? He says, I'm readying this vessel. I'm getting this vessel ready. He said, well, you keep doing all this. How do you know when it's ready? How do you know when it's done? He says, when I can see my image in this vessel. I know it's ready. I am conforming this vessel to look like me. So when I can see my image in this vessel, I know that vessel is ready. And what God is doing is he is conforming you to his image. He is putting you in the fire. He is putting you in the water of his word. He is cleaning you up.
what, 603 left to go. <laughs> if you're going to try and be righteous by fulfilling the law, you need to obey 613 different laws and commandments yeah. and words of Scripture. Oh, that is not why God has given us the letter of the law. He did not give us the letter of the law to make us righteous by the law. He gave us the letter of the law to reveal to us that we were not righteous oh, yeah. so that we may come to the one who can make us righteous. Right. Amen. So what he says in verse 24 yeah. is this. He says, therefore, mm -hmm. the law was our tutor, watch mm. this, to bring us to Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> what well, the law was, the yeah. law That's simply right. was our tutor yeah. to bring us to Christ. Uh, yeah. So that we might be justified by the law? No. Justified by faith. All right. Yeah. Uh -huh. But after faith has come, mm. we are no longer under a tutor. All right. In other words, you don't need the mirror anymore. <laughs> God says, I will take my law and I will now write it in that brand new heart. I, just yeah, yeah, yeah. I will take my spirit and I will deposit it in your spirit. You no longer need the mirror. Why? Because God has allowed the mirror to do its job. The purpose of that mirror was to take you to Christ so that he may cleanse you, so that he may fill you, so that he may give you a brand new heart and put a new spirit in you. And once that has happened, once that has taken place, God says there's no need for the law anymore. Oh, yeah. You don't have to try to live your law because my law will be on your heart. You will do it not because you have to. You will do it because you want to. There's a new nature in you. There's a new spirit in you that you want to bless the Lord. You want to please the Lord. You want to live for the Lord. Not out of obligation, but out of celebration of what he has done. That is what God is wanting to do. So God has given us a clean Bible for the dirty heart that we have, not uh -huh. the fear of the clean becoming dirty, but so that the dirty may become mm. clean. That is what he's done. Amen. I remember watching a show uh, a few years back. It was called Extreme Makeover yeah. Home Edition. <laughs> and the home edition was, of course, they would take these run-down homes and they would make them all over again, make them brand new. But the reason why they had to put home edition at the end of that, because there was actually a show before the home edition. Yeah. Yeah. It was just called Extreme Makeover. Yeah. And they wouldn't make houses over, they would make people over. <laughs> they would take people and they would always start the show off the same way. They would show them looking at themselves in front of a mirror. <laughs> They would show themselves, look themselves in front of the mirror, and they say, okay, this is the before. <laughs> this is before we got a hold of them, and this is what we're going to do now. Well, there's a story of these producers going to this particular town, and they offering their services to this town. They put up their billboards, they put up their posters, and say, Extreme Makeover is now in your city. We want to invite you to come in for a free makeover. <laughs> well, they were surprised, they were shocked when... Nobody came. <laughs> nobody came to the office. Nobody uh, called them on the phone. Nobody wanted the service, and they were puzzled. They were scratching their hands. Why in the world is nobody coming to us? I mean, we look in this town. We see there's some, some homely-looking people here, <laughs> some people who can really need our services. So why aren't they calling? Why aren't they coming by? So they did some investigation. They did some looking around, and they uh, discovered that there were absolutely no mirrors anywhere in this town. <laughs> no mirrors at all. <laughs> nobody had a mirror in their house. Nobody had a mirror in their car. Nobody yeah, walked yeah. around with a mirror. There were no mirrors anywhere. And so it dawns on them. They said, oh, wait a minute. It's not that they don't need our 